0: How are you doing in your the post baseball world? You feel like you're having some withdrawals or anything?
1: Do you mean just like what? What am I doing for sports or like life in general? Just yeah, I mean just life. No, things are fine. Um, You know, I I was like when I was watching baseball, it was never a like except in the postseason. It was always something that was kind of just on. Like I wouldn't like block out four hours of my day to watch a game all the way through. Right. Like I'd be doing stuff. So it's it's not really that much different. Now I just keep like Sports Center on the background.
0: Did you find yourself also being somewhat relieved that the postseason was over, just given how stressful some of the games were?
1: Um sure.
0: Yeah, I feel like, I like feel when a bit we really lost,
1: it, it doesn't like ruin my day or anything.
0: It kind of does though, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. Well you actually get, let's, you get let's let's pretty talk worked up. So no, so um Lakers are one in seven. Oh, wow. Well, no, I, I, I have a legitimate question. So, okay. so, I was watching the news or I was watching ESPN earlier, and they were playing like the New Orleans Platypus. I swear, like <laughs> oh. they kept mentioning a team I swear I have never heard in my entire life. Who did the, the Los Angeles Lakers play tonight?
0: So, they, they played the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. Is that a new team? Because
1: I've never heard of that team.
0: Never. No. So they they used to be called the uh, New Orleans Hornets, and that they, sounds like a team I've heard of. Yeah, and they they changed their name.
1: When did that happen?
0: Um, a couple years ago. Hmm. Yeah. And interesting. And the, 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 so they, were, they had an expansion team in Charlotte, the uh, Charlotte Bobcats. And they they've now taken the the Hornets name, so it's the the Charlotte Hornets, and New Orleans is the Pelicans.
1: Well, apparently the uh, the Lakers were blown out by the uh, Pelicans. Yeah. Well, it wasn't necessarily uh, a blowout, but th- this is getting weird. What do you mean? The Lakers, pref- like this, this is like record-setting crappiness.
0: Yeah, I mean they they are in, they are an awful team on both on paper and on the court
1: like like seriously
0: see i mean they just they have they have zero talent outside of kobe
1: well who's still on the team like is i don't pay close attention but like gasol or who does steve nash like
0: so nash is out for the year with injury gasol went to chicago both of them both what do you mean both of them
1: there's two of them in the nba right (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, only one of them played for the Lakers. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> uh, what, what about World Peace?
0: Uh, he plays basketball in China.
1: What the fuck are you talking about?
0: <laughs> I, I'm not making this up. Who
1: who uh, that I may have heard of, other than Kobe Bryant, plays on the Lakers.
0: Uh, d- d- literally nobody. I'm gonna. Well, actually, you, know, you might know Carlos Boozer. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he's. Well, Jeremy Lin
1: the the guy from knicks yeah oh because he he had one good season now he's now he stinks so he's on the lakers
0: right wow and the the lakers are paying him 14 million dollars over what no this just for this year
1: <laughs> that's got to be a typo no how much how much did we offer sandoval for like four
0: years so, well, so what happened with Lynn was he had the the breakout year in New York, not even a, no, it wasn't even a full year. It was, it was a half season and then he got was, injured, right? Yeah. It was like a breakout three months and he was a, you know, of course a free agent. And we've talked about this on the show, how I'm, I'm very, very skeptical of professional athletes who in all other years are average, maybe, maybe even slightly above average. And then all of a sudden in their contract year, they just happen to have a great year. Weird how that works, right? Um, anyway, so he became a free agent after the whole Insanity thing and the Houston Rockets gave him a three year like 30 something million dollar deal, maybe even 40 something it was just some ridiculous contract and um, he's currently in the last year of that contract, so it wasn't the Lakers who initially gave him that money, but it is the Lakers who agreed to the trade so good for them
1: and who's coaching the Lakers these days?
0: Uh Byron Scott. He's kind of the one of the the bright spots. I think he's a good coach. And he's a former Lakers, so we like that. Yeah. But this team is uh this team's hopeless.
1: So do you still watch?
0: Um when I can. I mean, even when the Lakers are good, it's it's kinda of tough for me to watch a whole lot of games. Um, especially these games where they're traveling on the East Coast where it's, you know, five o'clock tip here on, on the West coast. Um, and I don't, I'm not doing the whole league pass thing this year. So, <laughs> cause,
1: cause what's the point?
0: Well, um, I mean, actually even, even if the Lakers were good, I don't think I would do it just because I just never really got to use it as much as I wanted to last year. I just really couldn't justify the cost. So, so actually let me ask a
1: question. So in Northern California, we, we don't have like whatever channel nine or Time Warner Sports, whatever it is. So now that the Lakers aren't good anymore, do is it less likely that their games will be on like TNT or ESPN or um, like NBA TV? Like, how do they decide which games get national attention? Is it based on the quality of the team? No. Or is that way in advance?
0: And it's based. It's just based on. It's just based on market size the lakers so the each team has a maximum number of games they're allowed to be nationally televised it's it's something like 20 games or so 20 25 games the nba teams play 82 and the lakers again this season have uh, the most number of national tv games any t- any teams allowed which is another reason why i don't really do the league pass thing for the for the purpose of watching the lakers because already a quarter of their games are nationally televised anyway interesting because even even a crappy lakers team will get far higher ratings than a very very good oklahoma city team Hmm, that's just a that's just a sad reality
1: okay and then to wrap this up uh what's what's the deal with barkley
0: <laughs> well, you talk about the the whole he's not going to eat until the lakers win thing
1: basically so he he's one of the uh inside the NBA or whatever whatever TNT's uh like halftime show is called right right so is he a big lakers fan or is he just a loudmouth or both
0: he's just a loudmouth
1: okay so he has no allegiance to the lakers he's just trying to get attention
0: not at all he played for the uh, 76ers and the suns when he was in the league
1: well but he i mean he could be a fan of them
0: um i i don't i don't think he really has any reason to he got into that oh he played for the Rockets too because he got into that big fist fight with Shaq when he was on the Rockets where Shaq took a full swing and missed and if he would have connected the punch it would have been real bad you should look up that video it's pretty good not now but after the show let's do it now no it's it's not good radio
1: All right. uh, so this might be a technology show. So, mm-hmm. what would you like to talk about?
0: Um, well, so I noticed that you put a link to um, Jason Snell's um, Kindle Voyage review, which I also read and thought was excellent. But I'm I'm bringing this up not not really because of the review so much, but just because I want to get something off my chest about the Kindle Voyage. Sure. So my mind's being exchanged currently. Okay. Um, I, I for whatever reason. I don't know if it's a hardware or a software problem. I, I tried doing a full you know system restore on the Kindle and still didn't have the issue fixed. But whenever I would lock the device, you know, press the power button, and it would go into kind of its sleep mode. Special offers I, mode. <laughs> right. Uh, whenever I would wake it up, it would just be totally unresponsive. And whenever I would try to click on any menu or any book or really do anything, I would just get this generic application error. I did a Google search, and it, it turns out that there's a handful of other people with voyages who have reported the same thing, and they've all also just exchanged their units. So, fantastic.
1: So during the periods when it worked, did you have similar complaints to what Jason and some other people have mentioned, which is just kind of like the port topography and it's being kind of a mediocre like build quality?
0: No, I actually don't. I don't agree with either of those things. Um, I'm not a. I'm not really a typography nerd, though, so I can't even say that's something I give a whole lot of thought to. And with the build quality, I, I guess I don't really. I don't really understand that comment with the Voyage. I get it with some of the older models, but with the Voyage in particular, I think it's a very very nice device. So I'm not, I'm really not sure where some of that feedbacks coming from. Um. So I actually I really liked mine. Um. Although the other thing I will say, you know, obviously, defective devices, I mean, that that happens, right? But one of the things I expect from Amazon is, is good customer service. You know, that's what I've experienced in the past and it's kind of what you hear about them. But the, the exchange process for this Kindle was really awful. Um, there wasn't any automated process to, to do it. You actually had to talk to somebody to process the exchange. You could return it without... Um, without any sort of interaction. But in order to do an exchange, you had to either call email or do a live chat with a customer service rep, which was kind of silly. And then once I
1: finally. Well, do you blame them? I mean, cause I'm assuming there's a lot of people who just like don't know how to restart their unit. And if it ever freezes, like they don't want to go through an automated system that just says, Oh, ship them a new one. I, I can totally see that
0: maybe i mean i i also had another defective kindle a few years ago so, and I, so and I
1: going back to the build quality issue
0: <laughs> well i but I, I was able just to automatically exchange that unit um so that you know it's kind mm-hmm. of a disappointing change in policy but you know and then on top of that the new kindle isn't going to arrive for a little under a month it's supposed to get here like <laughs> december 8th
1: that's amazing uh
0: so that's not great. Not no, it's great, it's definitely not. Um so kind of shame shame on Amazon.
1: Yeah. Can you use a uh, Kindle? Is there a Kindle app for Xbox 1?
0: <laughs> Probably. It's it's on everything else. Uh, good times. I'll be too be too busy playing the uh the Call of Duties and the the Halo's though.
1: Richie
0: Actually, I mean, that that's actually literally true. I played Call of Duty earlier this evening, and currently Halo's installing.
1: So actually, on that note, um, did you hear, uh, I, did, I didn't put a link to any articles in the, uh, the show notes thing, but uh, apparently Nintendo is exploring the idea of making iOS and Android games?
0: It's been a rumor for a while. No, but they've said it. Oh, I, I, they've alluded to it in the past as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, they said within a year.
0: Well, I think, I think, I think it's possible that Nintendo software may appear on iOS and Android within the next year, but it's not going to be like a full blown Mario Kart or anything.
1: Well, I mean, I, I assume it wouldn't be, because I mean that doesn't that doesn't translate into like
0: the, a four inch gaming experience. I think it might be just some type of like companion app or something. They've said they're going to do that. You mean like a like a smart glass thing? Eh, no, not so much because that's much.
1: what the Wii U already is, right?
0: No, not not in that sense, but something like I don't know, like oh, here's all your characters in Super Smash Brothers, and here's what they look like, and here you can like put a different shirt on them or something. I don't know,
1: but I mean that has zero utility for anybody.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, that's basically but... like
1: having like what were they called, Pokédexes?
0: So, Would you call
1: me? That was the thing,
0: right? I I literally have no idea what you're talking about. Poki Pokedexes? The hell helped are, are you thinking of Pokemon?
1: Yes, but wasn't like the character like database thing called a Pokedex? <laughs> I, I did not play video games as a kid, but was this not a thing?
0: I, I, I honestly don't know. I, I wasn't into Pokemon, so if it's if it's Pokemon related, I'm I'm not going to be the right guy to ask. <laughs> okay. You should get a you should get an Xbox One though. We can we can play some uh Halo co op.
1: No, I'm I'm actually uh while I was assembling my little uh server room thing. Uh I'm pretty sure I'm getting rid of the Xbox three sixty and I'm just done with consoles forever.
0: Well they did just lower the price on the Xbox One, so now's a good time to get in. Why? Why not?
1: Why do I want another box to play Netflix on? No, it's I so you have can like play, eight of them already. It's so you can play Halo with me. No, I, I don't like. I don't like video games. <laughs> I like puzzles. I like word games. I don't like. The only reason why, actually, well, can I borrow your three Your Xbox One? No, I really like. I, I enjoy racing games. That is the only console level, level game um, that I like. And Forza Horizon Two actually looks great.
0: I do. I have Forza Horizon too. It's How very good. It? It's very good. Cool. Can I borrow it? No. I'm not spending for
1: like that's because then they that lower become, the price to 350. That then becomes a 410 dollars game plus tax.
0: And I don't want they're it that not, much. It's too bad they're not doing a Forza bundle. They so they've got so this is this actually is a news topic. The Microsoft announced they're lowering the price of 360. I'm not the 360. The Xbox One. For the holidays, they're lowering it from three ninety nine to three forty nine. Does it come and, with the Connect yet? No, the three forty nine SKU does not. Um, but on top of just lowering the you know, the price of the console, they've got a couple of different uh, or a few different, I guess, holiday bundles. They have an Assassin's Creed bundle, they have a Call of Duty bundle, and they have a Sunset Overdrive bundle. And those are also 349 So effectively, you're seeing a $50 price drop and you're getting a brand new game. So kind of crazy that in within less than a year of the console coming out, it started at 499 and now less than 12 months later, it's 349 with a game.
1: Well, one, the software has almost no cost to them. So they can give that away. And they took out a $100 accessory that came with it.
0: They did. So it's a fifty dollar difference. I mean, outside of turning my console on with the voice command, I literally don't use Kinect at all.
1: Well, I mean it's a bummer because they they were trying to go all in with having Kinect be an essential part of the Xbox One experience, right?
0: Well they were. And and you know the philosophy coming into it was, you know, the console sort of Peripherals have a a long history of not, not having very much success unless they come in the box. Because you know, one of the only ways you can get developers to support any sort of hardware is if the entire or close to the entire user base has that hardware. And so, you know, with with the 360, where the connect was sold separately, and because it came you know years after the original release of the 360, the install base just never got big enough to justify the cost of developing a game for it. And, you know, game development has famously become much more expensive the last few years. And so it, it just doesn't make sense to support a piece of hardware that maybe only 10% of the user base has. And so, you know, the theory going into the Xbox One was well, let's make it so that every single Xbox One user has the Kinect. But, you know, it, there was no good software out of the gate, which I think was a death nail right off the bat and it just caused the console to be too expensive and sony's just been eating their lunch this first year so combining all those things made it so that it was just kind of untenable to keep the connect as a standard part of the unit
1: and does playstation move or playstation i or whatever the hell it's called um does that have kind of a similarly low market
0: share and low developer priority yeah very much so probably even it's probably even worse off than the Kinect, hmm. but three forty nine—that's that's not not bad for a console that's less than a year old. If you're on the fence about an Xbox One, now's the time. You mean the listeners, not me? Good. Uh, yeah, of course. Good. It's going to be interesting to see if they keep that price drop after the holidays. They they say they're not going to, but I don't know. I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised. Well, this
1: is the new uh, frugal and generous Microsoft. Hmm. Just like Office, it's now free for iOS.
0: Wow, well done. Yeah. I like what you did there.
1: So what, what do you what do you think of the new Microsoft?
0: I, I don't really think of them as a new Microsoft. I think there definitely is. I think they're an evolving Microsoft. I don't know if coming out with limited versions of their Office software on a platform where most people don't even use Office software to begin with. I don't know. I don't really know if that's a sign of full-on change. I mean, I I would
1: disagree. So, during Balmer's years, um, they released a super, super stripped down and kind of crummy version of Office for iOS, and then they increased it and made it much, much more full-featured, but then they required it to have Office 365.
0: Well but this this version that they came out with um over this last week I mean it, if, to get all features it still does require office three sixty five no no absolutely not well the the free version's not fully featured yes, it is not a hundred percent
1: I mean as much as it can be on a mobile device like it's not doing pivot tables or anything like that, but um, it does that. almost everything
0: I'm not interested
1: anyway, I think it's an important uh it's an important Step forward, and I think it actually benefits Apple. Well, they try to make their big enterprise push because Pages and Numbers are like a colossal mess. And are
0: people, are people really clamoring for office tools on their on their phones and tablets?
1: I think a lot of people still do. I don't think the regular end user does, but anybody who has a small business or has like company email on their device, they want something more than just the super basic bare bones. Um, office doc readers that are built into iOS and Android. So I think it is pretty important.
0: I mean, Carlos, I, as you know, I, I have a, a, a day job uh, where I'm living, living and breathing Microsoft Excel um, and, and quite a bit of Word and PowerPoint as well, but mostly Excel. And there is nev- there's never a situation where I want to pull up any of those applications on my phone, Ever.
1: But you're, I mean, you're not, you're not like a field employee or you're not like a mobile boss or something. Like, I mean.
0: (laughs) I'm I'm, 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 a mobile boss. (laughs) What am I? What's the word? A manager. Sorry. Um, (laughs) I think that's, I think it's a Mr. Manager.
1: (laughs) Mobile boss is a good show title. Um (laughs) Like there are people who like if you like if you were like an owner of a company or you were somebody who needs to manage and do things while you're out of the office and you don't want to tote a laptop around with you all the time, this would be much more important to you. But since you generally do most of your work on an actual computer at a desk, it's not super relevant to you. But you would have to you would have to entertain the idea that for a lot of other people it might.
0: Well, maybe. Mm. I, think I think it's. it's I think it, it. I think it's a positive. I think it's a positive step in the right direction.
1: But also, I mean, I'm not an expert at programming at all. But Microsoft has open sourced one of their um, earlier programming languages that people have been very excited about. Or not. I, I don't know. It's called a compiler. I, I don't know anything about programming. <laughs> but I mean, that's a, like Microsoft open sourcing something that they've thrown millions of dollars into. That's super super strange. I just I just think it's a, it's a new Microsoft that's realizing how, where their priorities lie, what they make money from and what they can do to garner goodwill and to keep people kind of inside the fold of Microsoft products. Like if if you have Office for free on the platform of choice because like uh, Office they tried really really hard to tie it into Windows Phone 7. And that, that got them nowhere. But if they want people to still keep buying licenses for Office on a computer or for it to continue to be kind of the de facto work productivity tool, I think these are things that have to happen. And I think it's kind of an important thing for them to do.
0: Well, so what, what, what exactly do they get out of making Office free on iOS? They continue to sell...
1: Four hundred dollar licenses to your Office for the home computer, where most of the document creation
0: happens. So you think this is sort of a a nice supplement and a way to encourage people to actually just continue to buy the desktop version. Exactly. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's I guess Microsoft's in a kind of a, a weird spot where, in on on one hand, they are showing. A lot of change which is what we've been talking about but then on the other hand you know they as, as you you know like to say frequently they're they're doubling down on kind of their old strategy this whole like idea of windows everywhere and having some type of magical unified ui across all devices um you know that, that, which we've talked about on the show quite a bit, seems like a kind of a strategy which is you know, doomed to fail, and it, it doesn't seem like anything they're getting away from anytime soon.
1: I, I'm, not, I'm not sure it is. I, don't know, I, I disagree. I think it keeps people interested in Microsoft and keeps them using their products rather than being completely turned into Google and iOS people. If you still like if they have the mind share of people thinking that when I need to create a document or I need to do something, it has to be like like Excel is the thing that I'm gonna do it in. I, I don't know. I think that's worth something.
0: I agree, but I my my point was more just about how I don't know if this is a sign that Microsoft is completely entering some type of new stage. I think they've kind of got one foot in, one foot out.
1: I think a lot of their moves suggest that they are
0: Uh, well we'll see again i think what they've talked about with i was going to say windows 9 but windows 10 (laughs) um seems seems like the same strategy they've been trying unsuccessfully for the last handful of years yep disagree i you know although you know what i i was going to tell you this i meant to text you this the other day but i'm glad i saved it for the show. I've been seeing a lot of these uh, Surface Pro three ads.
1: Well, I, didn't I already Is send it? this to you?
0: Well, so you sent me the annoying one, but there actually are a couple Which of one? other. The one that compares it to the MacBook Air.
1: Oh well, that one no, but there was the one uh, from CNN's election coverage.
0: <laughs> oh well that that was that wasn't an ad. No, but
1: well, no, they paid for it.
0: <laughs> well, that wasn't a uh, commercial. It was basically a commercial. So this you're you're talking about one on election night where. Microsoft had evidently paid for uh, Surfaces to be the like kind of official on desk companion device for all the hosts, and there was a uh, uh, a kind of a side angle where you could see that a couple where a couple of the hosts were using iPads as like a stand, or I'm sorry, we using the Surface as a stand for the uh, the iPad that they were actually using.
1: Yeah, pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, not great. And we've the kick, talked the about
1: kickstands, really sturdy.
0: Uh, yes. We we've talked about how also Microsoft spent a bunch of money becoming like the official tablet of the NFL, and all the coaches and players have access to um, a handful of of surfaces on the sidelines to look at photos and replays and stuff. And how early in the season I think they've corrected this, but early in the season a lot of the uh, announcers were referring to them as iPads. So pretty good not great but what i was going to tell you is that so there's a couple of you know pretty decent ads and um is it is it true that like one of the surface models starts at like 349 am i seeing that right
1: i don't think so not not the surface pro 3 they still sell like the surface 2
0: no maybe that's what it is something but i've i've I think kind of, I don't know, kinda of like, not that I'm actually gonna do it, but like
1: Well, you'll buy anything. You bought a Nexus 7. I you you have it. you have no standing here.
0: That's yeah, true. I'm looking I'm looking at the Surface Pro 3 on the website here. Yeah, starting at 799, so I guess I guess that must be, maybe like an older model I saw or something.
1: Yeah, there's a 32 gigabyte Surface 2 Which runs Windows RT, which is four forty nine. Wow.
0: Okay. I mean the the idea of the Surface is really cool. No, it's not.
1: Uh, I don't know. You mean if it if it if it like came through on its promise? Like you know how like I I,
0: yeah like you
1: mean like a no compromise tablet. Laptop hybrid, so you only need one computer. Right? That's not what it is.
0: No, that's like saying what? Like, what if like? I can. There's, there's always been kind of like that, like pie in the sky idea of some type of MacBook slash iPad, right? Where when it was connected to some type of like you know keyboard stand or dock or cover whatever it would look and run like OS 10 or you know OS X, as you say. And then when you disconnect from the keyboard it, and just use it as like a tablet, it would basically just turn into iOS. Like that idea, I mean, it would be really hard to execute on, obviously. But like that idea is very intriguing.
1: I mean, it's nice to think about, but there's just so many reasons why it would work so poorly, which Microsoft continues to illustrate.
0: Well, that and that's that. That's my entire point, right? Like, I think that I think they're clearly doubling down on on that strategy. This like one device and one operating system to kind of rule them all, and that's that. That's it's just impossible.
1: Yeah, it's just tricky. I don't know. It seems like a nifty idea, sort of like if I wanted a mid range Windows laptop. I would consider the Surface Pro three, just because the times where I just want to do like passive web browsing, it might be cool to ditch the keyboard and just use it like a heavy tablet.
0: But otherwise, no. I agree. I um, I think like even for me at work, like I have to use a you know Windows computer at work. I think I'd, I think I'd, I would love to have a Surface at work. I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be powerful enough for what i do but um the concept's cool
1: like if i was gonna ever like switch to windows or do something like that i I would do either the surface pro 3 or have you seen uh the ads for this lenovo yoga pro 3
0: i have yes
1: that seems mildly intriguing We we saw one of those didn't we but like when, back when it was crappy, I'm like I'm sure it's not very good still, but they've gotten way thinner. Windows 8.1 stinks less. <laughs> um, just rave reviews all around. But like
0: a, a convertible laptop seems kind of neat. It does absolutely. That, that's 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 kind of what I'm trying to get at.
1: Well, do you know? A, so here's the thing: Does the Yoga? Do you know if it does um, pen-based input?
0: I don't. No, offhand, I don't think Lenovo devices typically do, but because that's the that's the one really cool part of the Surface that's intriguing
1: to me, which is you can you can write notes on it, you can use it like paper if you wanted to, with pretty yeah. good precision.
0: You, Carlos, you you blew it. If there's a stylus there, yep. Yeah. Wow. So I'm I'm looking so I'm looking at this the Surface website. So the I I the said the price earlier, range is astounding unbelievable so it, you it know, goes th- from like
1: 500 up to like 1700
0: yeah and th- th- from what i can tell the only difference is the processor
1: intel processors aren't cheap th- th- but the high-end ones are pretty good
0: so the 799 model is a core i3 and then it, then we go all the way up to a core i7 starting at 1549 is is the difference between an i3 and an i7 is that really 750 dollars
1: well, but also pay attention to the difference in solid state storage. That's where a decent chunk of it's coming from.
0: Well, they don't they don't highlight that here, though. They they make it sound like the only difference between these price ranges is the processor. Well, go um go here. Uh... I mean, they also I think all all of the Surface Pro three models have flash storage, even if you're.
1: But the entry level um, i three model is sixty four gigs.
0: Ooh, that's not good.
1: And once you have Windows on there and you have all the formatting things, you get like 40 gigs that's usable.
0: You know, can we, little a, a little bit of a little tangent. Go um, for it. I'm kind of slightly regretting not getting the 128 gigabyte iPhone 6. Why?
1: I don't you, know what... Do you not use iTunes Match? Well, wait, you just use RDO for everything.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, is I have a ton of music downloaded in RDO, so if I guess if I got rid of some of that music, I'd free up a bunch of space. But I don't know, all of a sudden, I f- feel like I only have like 10 gigs free space now.
1: It's all those cards you have in Apple Pay. <laughs>
0: right. Thanks, Mender.
1: Oh, Apple Pay has gotten a lot better. So,
0: yeah, so you... Well, I on. guess let's so. We're, the surface we're, thing. Okay, let's finish the surface thing, then we'll, you know, get back to our regularly scheduled Apple talk. I don't, is there anything else to say with the surface?
1: Oh no, I'm just proving my point. So yeah, 7.99 gets you a uh, gets you an Intel i3 processor at 1.5 gigahertz, and you get 64 gigs of flash storage. Where if you go up to an i5 with 256 gigs, that's 1300 uh, half terabyte, and an i7 is 1949. That seems like a lot of money. That's like Retina MacBook Pro money.
0: Yeah, that's, that's not great.
1: This uh, Retina MacBook Air cannot come soon enough. I, I, 2015,
0: man. I, I have a good feeling.
1: But the thing is, I'm not even sure if I'm going to be able to buy it. What do you mean? I just use my computer too much. Like I've been taking the laptop out of the house a lot more recently, and it's so heavy and such a, such a pain to take with you. But I I need like the screen size and the power and everything that it
0: has. Yeah, well, that's the um, you're not you're not a big fan of the 13 inch screen size either, huh? I could deal with it,
1: but if it was if it was still fast enough,
0: right? Yeah. What do you what do you mean? What do you what do you run on your laptop where you need that extra power? Everything.
1: <laughs> like again, I, I use my computer the old fashioned way.
0: <laughs> sorry what does that mean
1: like I'm not into like just having like one app open at a time and I don't like you know like how Apple's trying to force everybody into like using like full screen mode and all these weird things to make mm-hmm. it more iOS like mm-hmm. I don't know I still use it like like an old person does or like mm-hmm. I currently have like my dock has like 15 things open currently 9 gigs of RAM in use like all this like I just don't close stuff <laughs> Just can't you can't be bothered no I'm in my ways this is why I still sync with iTunes.
0: Oh, that's so weird.
1: All right, so Apple Pay.
0: Yeah. So you you sent me a text the other day indicating that the first time you went to use Apple Pay, it just didn't work.
1: Yeah. So I was at Banana Republic and I was trying to use it. <laughs> what? No. The, like, I mean, I'm if, an adult.
0: Of course you were.
1: I, I don't shop at. Um. Sorry. What? What's where where do, you, where do you probably shop? Um, I don't I don't shop for clothing very often. You shop at Uniqlo.
0: I'm sorry. What? What's what's a, what's
1: a popular trendy brand with kids?
0: Uh, um, I I I've I've been known to purchase some items at Express. No, no, you you shop at um. What's the one where like you walk by
1: in the mall and it smells like a like a crate of cologne exploded? <laughs> <laughs> you know the one I'm talking about, right?
0: Well, I mean, you're you're kind of describing like every, even just like every Nordstrom and Macy's I've ever been to, kind of smells that way.
1: No, no, like there, there's a company that they actually have like <laughs> cologne, like machines, like fog machines that, like, what? No, what I swear you, to God,
0: what are you? What kind of fever dream are you thinking is reality here? This is a thing. That's this is not a thing. Yes, it is. Uh, okay, well, I I don't shop at those kind of malls. Okay.
1: Well, the, the listeners I, can write in. What's what's our feed? What's our feedback? What's our follow up email address?
0: Nah, I'm not. I'm not going to provide that for this. <laughs> do we have one? That's not. That's besides the point. Okay. So anyway,
1: I'm at Banana Republic, and I would like to. I would like to buy my uh, my my clothing goods uh, using Apple Pay because they do support NFC. Um, and I tried it. Uh, held down the thing. The uh, the Apple Pay popped up when it got near the NFC sensor. Held down the uh, Touch ID. It said uh, it filled in the fingerprint, Said done. The little machine blinked and it looked fine. Uh, no go. Tried it again. The like the cashier said nothing happened on their end, and that's it. It just didn't work. And I had to use my old card.
0: Ooh, are you? Then you you double checked you didn't get charged multiple times.
1: No, because I because I get a, I get a push notification anytime I spend any money, which is
0: oh uh, well. That's yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah so we we talked about that last week that American Express for some reason works differently. yeah, there doesn't appear to be any way to change that either. It's kind of all or nothing,
1: yeah um but then uh, I went to Staples today, excited to buy a switch, and um works fine
0: yeah i've i've it's had a hundred percent success rate for me so far continues to just. Boggle the minds of every cashier I ever use it in front of, though.
1: Yeah, that's weird. You, you'd assume in the Bay Area that this that you probably wouldn't have been the first, or you... I,
0: yeah, I've I've I have not seen a single other person use it.
1: Yeah, and I and I sometimes think about not using it just because I don't want to be that guy.
0: Um. Well, no, I I don't think I've ever like it, it's always sort of it, the cashiers are just usually kind of interested. It's not like it's, you know, it's not like it's a bad thing.
1: Yeah. I think it's very convenient. It is, because, again, your phone's always in your hand. Right. Like, I'm either, I looked up the product I wanted to buy just to make sure it doesn't suck, or I was bored in line. It's just, it, your, your phone's always in your hand.
0: Yeah, no, it's, um, it's very nice. It's been very, very reliable for me so far. Yep.
1: I haven't been able to get my current C wallet to, uh, to function with NFC yet, though. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think they support that yet. Can't can't scan the
0: barcode. I think that's uh, version 2.0. They're gonna they're gonna need a blood sample from you first, though, mm. to enable the NFC part. Mm. That's what they call their secure element.
1: Actually, no, okay. There, there's an actual useful topic we'll get out of this. Um, I've been thinking. So why why don't the uh, the new iPads have NFC readers built into them? Like cuz you everywhere you see like small businesses and people who don't want like a traditional point of sale system, like why aren't you able to use an iPad as an Apple Pay like terminal? Cuz I don't think that could be I don't think that would be that expensive. And that would be a really really cool feature that keeps everybody totally inside the Apple ecosystem.
0: Well and there's been this rumor floating around and um even it's got our Gruber mentioned out of the way here uh, he mentioned it on a recent episode of the, of the talk show I think it was the one with Syracusa um mentioned the whole concept of an I- ipad pro and how that that's that's that rumor's gotten a lot of kind of traction over the last couple of years and I don't know, maybe that's something we'd see in an, in an ipad pro like device
1: well, but the ipad pro that uh that John wants. Uh, John S, um, is he wants like a like a twelve inch like more professional one, but that's not really the device size that a retailer or a restaurant or some, like somebody would want.
0: I, think, I don't know. I think a, a lot of point of sale systems have relatively good sized screens. Well, no, I mean
1: the like if you if you go into a coffee shop now and they have like square or they have some type of uh, iPad based point of sale system. They're always using uh like an iPad mini or they're using like the nine inch iPad.
0: Sure, but I th- I think even a nine inch iPad usually is smaller than a traditional point of sale system.
1: Yeah, I- I'm just saying I don't think most people would upgrade to some new fancy pants 13 inch iPad just to be able to use Apple Pay on it.
0: No, probably not. Yeah. That is a good idea though. I don't know. Seems well, interesting. But- could, could be something we see eventually. Yeah, I mean, I think um, Square has come out and said that their next generation of uh, readers are going to support NFC, right?
1: Sort of. So they are uh, releasing one early next year that's going to have uh, the chip and pin. The uh, I forget what EMV actually stands for, but they're going to support that technology. And I don't think that necessarily means Apple Pay or NFC payments. Hmm. I think it's just that little chip thingy.
0: Yeah, you know, I read a, a pretty well written article, I think it was SF Gate, talking about how um something like uh Apple Pay and the the NFC chip that's in the iPhone likely is not compatible with uh Clipper, which is the uh transit card that we use here in the Bay Area. That's for that was I was very sad when I read that.
1: Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure I would ever want to use my phone for that. Oh, I That I, seems like I
0: absolutely would. It
1: seems like a mugging waiting to happen. Like I'm I'm being completely serious.
0: Uh, well, I mean, I think if somebody wants to mug you, I think having to pull out your wallet to uh swipe your way through also is kind of asking for that.
1: Well, you can always have your card just like in your pocket. I don't know, just flashing around your brand new current generation like like iPhones are the most commonly stolen item probably, right?
0: Uh, pho- smartphones in general, yeah.
1: Like I, I would just, I would think that that I don't,
0: that just wouldn't be super smart. I don't know. I I would I would very much like to have that.
1: Mm.
0: You know the workaround. What's that? Uber everywhere. That's true. like Well, I mean, I
1: I'm already kind of doing that. Yeah. So what what are your thoughts on the new Google Maps app?
0: Um, it looks better than the old version did. I still don't think it looks as nice as Apple Maps. Um, what do you think
1: of like the new material design kind of Google design aesthetic?
0: I think it's fine. It looks out of place when it's on iOS. I think when it when it when those apps are running on Android, I think they, they fit in nice and have a overall, you know, good look. But you know side by side when you're jumping back and forth between apps on your iPhone it it's a bit of a jarring experience yeah hmm. i i tell you man i i have no problems with apple maps directions finding locations i really just don't have any problem with apple maps and they just they look so much nicer than i than google maps do on the iphone Hmm.
1: I disagree, but I'm glad you like it. And, and then you get much, the much tighter integration with Siri. So, uh, great job there.
0: Even you think even the aesthetics of Google Maps are are better?
1: I am extremely used to how Google Maps works, and I think the legibility and familiarity are better for me. Like if I just like if I want to use like that funky like flyover view, and like, just and kind of mess around in maps, but if I actually want to find out where I'm going, I I prefer I prefer Google Maps.
0: I even I just yeah I just, it's kind of side by side here, just kind of like swiping around, scrolling around between Google Maps and Apple Maps, and Apple Maps is just it's so much more fluid.
1: Yeah, but but you're not trying to go somewhere. Like again, when you're not when you're actually using it and you're not just kind of like dinking around with it, and you you have a task at hand, I think you'd probably be faster at Google Maps.
0: And you get more accurate information. Maybe. And it has Uber built in. So it does have Uber built in. That that's um that's a big plus. But I mean Uber I mean the Uber app is very accessible for me, so yeah. it's you know, It's not it's not a it's not a very uh difficult task for me just to open the Uber app. Yeah. Okay, what else we got? Um, I don't know. Let's let's consult the uh, consult the Slack. Like we should, you know, I think we've given a brief shout out on the show before, but we'll give another shout out to uh, the Slack. Great application. Um, I was telling you before we started recording that I've been using it some at work recently on a project, and it's 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 really fantastic. Yeah, very well built. I w- I wish they had a native Windows app. They have the, you know, the the Chrome app, which is kind of what you can use on Windows, and it's it's fine. It mostly works the same as like the uh, native app on OS 10. But I don't know. It, it, it would be nice if it was just kind of a standalone app. Give them another few months. Yeah, but overall, fantastic. Yeah.
1: Do you think it's gotten? Do you think it's much more pleasant? versus the amount of email you would have gotten about whatever project you're working on? Oh, absolutely. Like, do you think it allows you to communicate more effectively with less email?
0: Oh, m- most certainly. Um, and, you know, we've got a couple of folks out in New York, so you know, it's great just to be able to ping them. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's awesome. And we can have, you know, with, with the whole channel system, even within the same project, you can have, you know, and we use this, we have, you know, different channels for kind of different parts of the project. So you can quickly and easily organize and communicate with just the set of people that are working on, you know, a particular set of the project. Um, yeah, it's, it's great. Um, but, uh, we don't really, don't have a whole lot else. Um, some, some, I guess this whole like deregistering your number with iMessages, that story got a little bit of traction this week. You want, you want to talk about that?
1: Uh, sure. I mean, because that's been a fairly long, uh, probably not for you, but a fairly large issue for a lot of people.
0: Yeah. So, what? So, tell the tell the people what uh, what's going on here.
1: Well, so the deal with iMessaging is when you register your uh, your iPhone with your Apple ID and you turn on iMessage, it associates your cellular phone number with Apple servers, and it then, when somebody composes a text message to you. And, you, uh, and your phone number comes up, it realizes this is a device that's been associated with HiMessage before, and it sends it over there rather than doing an SMS. And it doesn't check every single time that you do that. So let's say you you have an iPhone 5, and you're like, eh, I'm not feeling this, I want to go get a Galaxy Note 4. And you let's say you just switch over and you don't do anything. For the next, previously I think it was 72 to like 100 hours, uh, you just would not get text messages from any iPhone user at all. Because Apple would just say, oh, they're probably still on an iPhone, it's just turned off. And the other person would have no idea. So um, now they have a way of allowing you to fix that, which should never have been an issue in the first place. And I think it's kind of a really weird, kind of irresponsible thing on Apple's part. Because they kind of broke text messaging for a lot of people.
0: So do you think this is something that when iMessages was first being developed and rolled out that somebody thought of and brought up and then it was intentionally not addressed? Or do you think that maybe Apple just legitimately didn't really think of this use case?
1: I refuse to believe that a company that employs as many smart people as Apple does did not think, what if somebody stops using an iPhone? Because what iMessage does is it hijacks the SMS system. Like it completely disconnects you from the traditional carrier text messaging service, which it's just, I don't know, that's it's just not right because they're holding your phone number hostage. Cause once you switch away from it, for most people, unless they knew the loophole to either reactivate your phone, just to be able to turn off iMessage or calling Apple Care and having them do it manually for you. Like your your phone number was being held hostage for like a week. And sometimes the system would you know, wouldn't even do it at that point, so you just no longer got text messages unless you changed your phone number. And that's just that's that's kind of crazy.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, better late than never, I guess. There is It's now been a... like
1: two years. That's I think yeah. I think it's kind of not
0: I don't know. Does this warrant a, a lawsuit, do you think, though? So this this the, the article you linked to indicates that. Uh, there's now a, a lawsuit pending
1: in the realm of frivolous lawsuits and like just kind of stupid things. I think this is not the dumbest. <laughs> like I, I like, I, I hate that people in this country think class action lawsuits solve everything. But I do think this was kind of just cause I, I saw it a ton is that it, it's, it was just irresponsible on their part. Hmm. Yeah. But again, people switching away from iPhone to to some Samsung phone, they should get what's coming to them.
0: I, that's what I was going to say. Is maybe the you know, this is sort of just a um, shame. Shame on you for 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 you know making the the that irresponsible switch.
1: But here, like, so what if uh, Samsung created S Message? <laughs> you surprised know that, they haven't already. You know, that's what it's going to be called. Um, and if you switched over to an iPhone, Samsung just held all your text messages hostage people would people would lose their shit
0: i mean i uh, there there will never be a day where samsung gets my text messages
1: <laughs> wait hold on weren't you honestly considering an S5 for like a month
0: i mean I, i'm yeah, sometimes i'm a lot of talk which is good since this is you know a, a talk program Okay. Uh, what else? What else? Um, kind of a kind of a, a slow week. I mean, you linked you, they have this Tim Cook article talking a bit about Apple Pay. I feel like we we've kind of talked a lot about that though. Yeah. Um, you've got this this Spotify article. We can talk about this.
1: Yeah, I think we mostly your
0: uh, your, your girl T Swift. <sighs>
1: I'm making the that little uh, heart symbol with my hands right now. Uh huh. Um, I think we mostly uh, covered that last week, but basically, in response to her pulling her music, um, this has been uh, become more like a public argument. So they released some uh, what were supposed to be like hard numbers on what they've paid out in royalties, um, which apparently, according to her uh, PR people, don't actually match up. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, do you think the public is going to side with one or one over the other? Like, do you think the popular opinion is that Taylor Swift is greedy, or that Spotify doesn't pay enough, or that it should be somewhere in the middle? Like, what do you think regular people think?
0: I that's a really good question. I I don't know if this story's really gotten a lot of regular people excited. I mean, it, it did. It was on the front page of the New York Times dot com you know, a couple of days ago. So I mean, it, it, it's a big story. It's it's gotten to the mainstream media, but I don't know. I don't I don't know if this is something that a lot of people have a strong opinion over. Um, I think if if I did have to lean one way or the other, though, I, I think people have made it very very clear over the last three or four years that they, this is the way they want to consume music. They want they want to pay some monthly fee, or even just have some type of ad supported service and stream music people really no longer want to buy tracks or albums anymore so it, it seems to me that if that's kind of the majority of opinion and that's how people want to consume music by and large any artist which tries to you know rebel against that this doesn't really seem like it's in their best interest similar to you know a decade ago or god 15 years ago at this point jeez um you know when the music industry was fighting tooth and nail over you know digital downloads you know it, it's just it just it's not, it's not i've i've said this on the show before it just doesn't seem like it's in their best interest to fight what the overwhelming majority of consumers want
1: but i think that debate that happened a long time ago was very very different i think people I mean, back in the old days, the music industry was afraid of moving away from the album model, and they thought if people had the choice of just paying 99 cents a song, that that would lead to a big drop in music sales, which it did partly, but I I don't think streaming's an entirely different conversation just because the rates per play of each song are just so low, and the actual payouts for artists are so low. Like I think, I think in the old uh, on the old debate, the music industry didn't know what was good for them. This time around, I I, I think that they have a legitimate concern because do you, like if if so like do you listen to popular music on Spotify on RDO? i uh,
0: yeah, absolutely yeah.
1: So w- what if there's a person who listens to mainly like mid '90s music and like back catalog stuff? D- those, do you think that they should pay the same?
0: Well, that's, that's, that's tough. Um, I think that's, I mean, if you're looking at it just from a pure economic standpoint, then I mean, yeah. Because
1: because one of you is a more expensive customer.
0: Well, I guess I I, I should say, no, I, I don't, I don't think they should pay the same.
1: You should pay much more.
0: As if, if you're, if you're producing music, which is much more popular and what more people want then sure.
1: So how does that play out? I mean, does that mean that you now have a $25 a month RDO Premiere
0: subscription? I mean, maybe. I, I, To be perfectly honest, I would be, I think we've said this before with like Netflix, and the same goes for audio. I would, I'd be more than willing to pay, you know, 15, even $20 maybe, depending on what the differences were, with getting basically better versions of like Netflix and RDO. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be a difficult problem to solve.
0: I, you know, I I, I think both in in both cases, Netflix and RDO and, you know, Spotify and all these types of services, I $10 a month is, is very cheap. It's very inexpensive for what you're getting. And I, I don't think it's at all unreasonable to have those prices go up.
1: But do you think then less reasonable people will decide that's too much?
0: I mean, you know what, though, for the music industry, what it, for those types of people, the people you just alluded to, I mean, what what's going to make them happy? I mean, really nothing, right? And if you, you know, really no matter what you do, you're probably going to lose those people to piracy anyway. So, I mean, I, I don't really know, I don't really don't know what the music industry gets by even bothering to try to cater to those types of people. Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we've, I think, we have talked about this a lot. Like, it's a very difficult issue, but, um, yeah, I think the other thing too, and this, the point that you had made about, you know, Taylor Swift's people and Spotify, you know, kind of, not, not even really, even just agreeing over the numbers to begin with, speaks a lot to the other big problem the music industry has, which is just how damn complicated and archaic it is, where. There are so many people, literally dozens of different people and groups who have their hands in in the in the cookie jar, as you say, where you know, when this money gets distributed by companies like Spotify, it gets split out amongst so many different groups depending on the contract, and it's just it, even finding where the money goes sometimes can be really complicated. So that's a whole a whole other can of worms. Yeah. Oh, all right.
1: Yeah, I think that's all I got. Shorter show this week.
0: It's, it's about an hour. Yeah.
1: Not bad. Some big things are going to happen next week. I can feel it.
0: Okay.